Well, thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Twyla, will you pray over the... I know you just walked in, but will you pray over the service real quick? Thank you, Lord. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> thank you, Father God, for this evening. Thank you for the joining of all of us together, yes, Lord, Jesus. here safely. We just give you praise you, and glory, Father. Lord, Father God. We thank you for being so <laughs> yes, awesome Jesus. and watching over us and yes, protecting Lord. us and walking us throughout all of our trials and our daily, just our daily walk, Lord. We give you thank the you, thanks. Father. We praise you, Father God. Thank you. Father. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. All those running late, Father God, I just release a, a layout, a shield, a path of protection for yes, them God. to arrive here promptly, Father God. Yes, Lord. And share the teaching of the word with us thank tonight, you, Lord. Lord give you praise and glory and worship your yes, holy God. mighty name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, I'm glad y'all are here today. Praise God. Oh, yeah. Wednesday night Bible study. And you know, uh, you know, I, can we take a minute? You know, the Bible says, uh, the Bible tells us, and, and I've talked to you all about uh, praying in tongues many times, but you know, praying in, praying in tongues is extremely important in the oh, life yeah. of the believer, especially you know, if you're a spirit-filled believer, if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and God has given you a prayer language, it's important that you use that prayer language every day okay. for a period of time. In fact, you ought to commit a period of time daily to pray in the Spirit, to pray in an unknown tongue. And uh, there, of course, there's a lot of reasons why we need to pray in the Spirit. And... Uh, uh, in fact, I was going to go over some of this. It's, it's a few pages. Brother Hagin was saying something about it in his book about uh, the gifts of the Spirit. And I hesitate to, to even get into it because it is pretty, uh, it's, it's not just a, a one of those subjects that you just kind of uh, brush over. But uh, let's take a minute. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute. Shene marabosa. Lord, your word declares that when we gather together, that we're to pray in the spirit and we're to pray with our understanding also. So, Lord, as believers today and filled with your spirit, baptized in the Holy Ghost, having received the glorious gift of speaking with unknown tongues, Father, we commit this period of the service, this time in our lives to pray in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Heshepene, pray, Koresefede, through me, according to the word of God and according to the will of God. In Jesus' name. Selefredia, Shoromon Teneme Kere Drua Sekele Kelejida, Ombre Sekere Bure Sefede, Shanamoro Soporoboka La Barasuba, El Feredri Ektebe Esakarabu Sekeche Bengelejia, Tufrenena Mahaya, Tunamasiko Roboseka, Shilibro hesefea la kira sefrede. Junama andene me sangala chorobotoyo. Arfide bestele keleji dengelejea. Nufredere sefrodo lolviandriandaya. Jomoro mosokorobose. Enefredri octoloboro. Paraso bengeleje de giak sakarabotea. Mure sekele bele sifreda. Tunaman jandene masebo. Telefrodangal and jengele beresia. Tubre esea, nu frende ne mesi karashubea, tu lefrona ma atabaaya, tokoro sobo, shene mekele, parosokera, fride me ense kelegia, 
Kufredea Arashakono Monso Shededoyo Korosikele Nulfer and Rian in Maso Bala Chetara Mosekeche Bengele Tuba Aya so go rogo doro monea O golo soporo boleje bedia Orona mahana manana masi Boye gadia daba asa bode Shinana naya namaso Menekuribita arasobono Pelefredina maste Urukotolo boro sobone Marachana makatana Enemeste fredia Dulbara kechetelo korosoboyo Ha shededoso Mahaya ora sabona mahande Burre ketene meste carafrudea Uri mesile Marashodongo rotoromose Herefredere de ese bengeleji Menesedere beede bisaya Urbegele jege de deisa kataro Manamangele jede bieste fedia Orosobongele jene medene masua Manaparabo este kelesia Horatanomo anamiserobo Malala bangleje Harafredero bose Muriketano Hanamasie Morosabana Marashondone Milikresivo Alaredoste Milistrahaya Oregi bengeleji Freno morosoboke Elecrisi bengere jigere Marasobonga legere driecte Hahaya barra soporo Arabangara shedere deresia Or soro bonkele kelesia Yere sodo morondrea Elegishe doya Arasagala Glory Eregibora sodo monde Elebruesta Ondoro monde nenegia Bulfede bosege jege do zesporondea Urzende Benjia, Horosopora, Arfikele Grieche. You know, you know, one of the things that benefits us praying in tongues. I mean, I'm over here prophesying. And I'm speaking by the Spirit, but I'm hearing as I'm praying in the Spirit the interpretation of my tongue. And the interpretation of my tongue is I'm opening up doors before you that no man can close. The Lord says, He said, No, He says, Know it now. He says that there are doors that are being opened that in a previous season were locked. But God says those doors are swinging wide open for thee. He says as you open up to my spirit and you yield to the Holy Ghost, the Lord says when you touch the door, God says it'll swing wide open. For the Lord says now is the time and now is the season. The Lord says for those doors that have been shut before you to be open wide and there shall nothing keep you, the Lord says, out of, God says, that place that I have prepared for thee that I have prepared for thee, the Lord says, and for all thy house. Uh, the Lord says, believe in this hour that thee and all thy house shall enter into a new place. For the Lord says, I've prepared a, a new place for you. God says, the old, the Lord says, you shall depart from. God says, I, I won't even have you bring some of the stuff the Lord says that was in the old house into the new house. God says, for I shall fill thy house with treasure. I shall fill thy mouths with good things. I shall fill, the Lord says, thy hearts with my spirit. The Lord says, there shall be overflow. And yea, the Lord says, a new place, a new door shall open. The Lord says, in a new place, God says, have I prepared for you. He says, no man can keep you out. He says, rush in, rush in, rush in. For now is the hour and my grace is upon thee. The Lord says, to enter in to that which I've prepared for thee in this hour, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that was for you, 
or if that was for me, but I think we all ought to take it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we've been talking about the Holy Ghost and His gifts. So the Holy Spirit, the gifts and the ministries of the Holy Spirit has been the topic that we have been on. And of course, we started out by talking about how there are two different workings of the Spirit, same Holy Spirit, but two different workings of God's Spirit in the life of the believer. Uh, God's Spirit, He comes in us uh, at salvation. Uh, Don uh, pointed out a verse of scripture that I love. I believe it's when the disciples got saved. It's John 20, 22. And the reason I know it is because Don pointed it out. He said, Jesus breathed on them, said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That happened in John 20, 22. And he said it went off in his spirit. Here we are in 2022. Breathe on us again, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So uh, John 20, 22, Jesus breathed on his disciples, said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. I believe that's when the disciples were born again. Because then he tells them in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, tearing ye in the city of, or he tells them, uh, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses uh, unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So he uh, breathes on them, says, receive ye the Holy Ghost, and then he encourages them to wait on the Holy Spirit to come upon them. So when we receive salvation, when we receive Christ as our Savior, the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of us. Amen. And God's Spirit begins to work in us. Uh, then we receive what many call the infilling of the Holy Spirit, where God's Spirit fills us to overflowing, and then He comes upon us, and we're immersed, or we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something, and this is important for you to understand, because, because, this, because Scripture bears this out. Scripture really tells us this, that we, we experience God in a different measure, or we, we, we experience different facets of the nature of God through salvation, and, and we, we, we encounter God in a different way through Holy Ghost baptism. And so there are different dynamics that we experience about the, uh, the character of God, the, uh, uh, the power of God, the influence of the Lord in our lives. It, it differs when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. So People that aren't baptized in the Holy Ghost, some people say, can those people go to heaven? I reckon they probably can, you know? I mean, I don't, I, the Bible says that for someone to be saved, uh, all they've got to do is confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. So uh, Holy Ghost baptism isn't required to go to heaven. But why wouldn't anyone want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and encounter God on a, on a higher level or in a greater measure? Amen. Because we definitely encounter God in a greater measure uh, through Holy Ghost baptism. Amen. So uh, the initial evidence of Holy Ghost baptism is speaking with other tongues. And I think we started to kind of talk about that um, the last time we were uh, together. I think we did. So Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, uh, let's, let's read a little bit here. Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 1, says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Amen. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. Glory to God. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together, were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak uh, Galileans, and how hear we every man 
in our own tongue wherein we were born. So you see that on the, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was first poured out. I mean, how many of you, how many of you understand that this first church, this early church is the example church? I mean, this, is, this was God's example of what he desired for the church to be. So, uh, and I've, I've told you all this before. You, in the book of Acts, in fact, in the entire New Testament, you will not find a non-spirit-filled church. You will not find believers that are not spirit-filled. In fact, if anyone, when you look at scripture, if, uh, if, if anyone that was baptized in the Holy Ghost, any of the apostles, any of those that had been baptized in the Holy Ghost, came across people that were believers that were not baptized in the Holy Ghost, Every time they came across people that were not baptized in the Holy Ghost, they encouraged those people to be baptized. In fact, they didn't even encourage it. They said, uh, have you heard of the Holy Ghost since you believe? You've, you've heard that verse. And some, some said, we never even heard that there be any Holy Ghost. And they didn't, they, they didn't say, well, it's optional, you know. No, they just prayed for them, laid hands on them, and they got baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues, just like all the, all the others. So uh, I, 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 think it's, I think we as a church need to get back to that mindset and that understanding. It's God's will to baptize every believer with the Holy Ghost. We shouldn't even present it to people as if it's optional. Uh, we shouldn't give people the opportunity to become offended by it. In fact, when we're out on the streets, when we're doing ministry in Bricktown or when we're doing ministry in the hospital or when we're doing ministry on our own, uh, we, ought to, uh, we ought to go ahead and pray for people to be filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues and you know, not give them a chance to build up a resistance. Amen. Amen. I've done that for years. Praise God. Uh, so, real quick, um, glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a couple of things I'd really like to read to you. I, I'm all, I've got Brother Hagin's uh, book on, um, in fact, it's a workbook. I've never, I've never used it, but some, somewhere or another I picked it up, and I don't remember says it came from Mardell, so I, I don't know if I bought it or someone bought it for me. Maybe they thought I needed some learning concerning the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Of course, he, he talks about in this book, when the church began in Acts chapter 2, uh, they, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, and uh, they waited on the outpouring of the Spirit. But I want to read to you Smith Wigglesworth's a testimony of being filled with the Spirit. It says, over the years I've read uh, various encounters of Smith Wigglesworth baptism in the Holy Spirit. Before Wigglesworth was baptized in the Holy Ghost, he wanted to argue with anyone uh, who said he needed to receive more of the Holy Ghost. He told them, I've got the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's these tongues I want. People would tell him, no, you need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, then you'll speak in tongues. But Wigglesworth didn't want to accept the possibility that there was more of the Holy Spirit uh, to receive than he already had been, uh, than he already had by being born again. However, Wigglesworth was determined uh, to receive those tongues. He was at the end of some uh, meetings and preparing uh, to get on a train to go back to his home. He decided to visit a spirit-filled Episcopal priest's home before he left. The priest was out making a pastoral call when Wigglesworth got there, uh, but the priest's wife told Wigglesworth, Come on in and I'll pray for you. Wigglesworth said, uh, I want you to pray that I will receive those tongues. The priest's wife said, uh, you don't want tongues. You want the Holy Ghost. Uh, you receive this experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost 
And the tongues will be a part of that experience. Uh, but don't seek tongues. Seek the Holy Ghost. Uh, seek Jesus, who is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Uh, he, said, he said to this woman, but I already have the Holy Ghost, Wigglesworth argued. Uh, I, know, uh, I know what I want. Be quiet, shut your eyes, and I'll pray for you, the priest's wife said. So she laid her hands on Wigglesworth's head as he knelt there, and, and she prayed, Oh, Lord, help this poor fellow, forgive him, and baptize him in the Holy Ghost. About that time, someone knocked on the door, and the, and the priest's wife went to answer it. Uh, while she was gone, and Wigglesworth was kneeling there alone, suddenly with his eyes shut, uh, he had a vision. In the vision, Wigglesworth saw the empty cross and the glorified Savior. He was conscious of the cleansing of Jesus' precious blood, and he began to cry out, Clean, clean, clean. I'm clean through the blood. Through the blood, I'm clean. About that time, Wigglesworth realized he wasn't saying clean anymore. He was talking in some kind of strange language. And he uh, traveled back, uh, and he traveled back uh, home speaking with other tongues. After, after, after Wigglesworth was baptized in the Holy Ghost, he would tell people, I used to have an argument, but now I have an experience inside the Bible and outside the realm of argument. He found out that there was more uh, to receive of the Holy Spirit after being born again. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we've, we've, got to, we've got to remember that uh, people, people need the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, church, I don't... I saw, I, saw, I saw a post on social media. I can't remember what, what social media outlet it was on. But I saw a post, and someone had posted how that there was a, uh, there was a video that someone had put out, and it was on winning the lost and you know, something to that effect. And um, the video of, to, of winning the lost had, you know, about uh, maybe 1,000, 1,500 views. And then they had a, a video on angels and encountering angels and, you know, the heavens opening up and angels coming down here to the earth and this and that and the other. And that video had like 80,000 views. Uh, there, there are certain things that we as believers, are, and, I, and, I, and I know because I'm watching y'all in this, these Wednesday night meetings, and we're not the, we're, we're, we don't seem to be the most enthusiastic about what I'm talking about right now. And, and, it's, and it's because... I'll, I'll tell you, the enemy knows what's, what's going to be effective at being everything that God wants us to be in the last days. And the enemy would, and, and your flesh would like to minimize the importance of what it is that I'm talking to you about today. But this is, this is what the church, I'm, I'm telling you, just like my name is Ziggy Sanchez, well, Zaragoza, just like that's my name, I'm telling you that there's going to be an emphasis on Holy Ghost baptism, on speaking with tongues and on the gifts of the Spirit in these last days like never before. And it's not going to be just for, for people to get goosebumps. Amen. But it's going to be for the purpose of God's people getting back to realizing and recognizing the importance of Holy Ghost baptism. I want you to leave out of these uh, services here on Wednesday understanding or coming to the realization of uh, the, uh, the, the great weight of the importance of Holy Ghost baptism. And why, as much as we are getting people born again, we need to be getting people baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So uh, let's talk about tongues a little bit. How important then is speaking in tongues? Um, some people believe that tongues have been done away with. 
So go to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So we're going we're gonna to start here. Annie, will you mind grab my reading glasses out of my office? I think I left them on my desk. I, I need them. I, for some reason, there's not a whole light right in this point. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Carolyn. Holy Ghost baptism, gifts of the Spirit, praying in tongues, and uh, the importance of that uh, to us being able to fulfill God's uh, plan and purpose in our, uh, in our lives. And remember this, Holy Ghost baptism, the thing, these are things of the Spirit. And so even though we're, even though we're talking about these things today, uh, we're discussing them, and you're writing things down, and in your, you're, you're, you're gathering information in your mind, you're gathering information, and you're reaching a place of mental ascent. The things of the Spirit, you're not going to, you, you can come to an understanding of what they are, but you can't really know the power of these things until you experience them. And to experience them is not something that happens in your mind. It's something that happens in your spirit. I love the testimony of Smith Wigglesworth because the Bible says that he had a vision. When he, got, when he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, he had a vision and he got a revelation of the, uh, of the uh, uh, cleansing uh, that he had received by, uh, by receiving salvation, the cleansing that he had received by the shedding of the blood of Jesus. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You can hear that story, but uh, when you get a revelation of it and it's supernatural, there's, 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 a, there's a certain amount of power. There's a certain amount of authority of authority that's released to you. There's a certain amount of, of, uh, of, of, um, of influence that you gain in the spirit to be able to expound upon those truths and persuade others of those truths when you have that kind of a revelation. When it's a revelation and it comes out of your spirit, it, it, it puts you on another level. You're not, just, you're not just discussing things that you have an understanding of. You're discussing things that you've had an experience with, an experience about. And that's what Smith Wigglesworth was talking about. He was no longer trying to argue the Word of God. He had an experience with what the Word of God said. And now he wasn't just arguing about the Bible. He wasn't arguing with the Bible. And he wasn't arguing with religious people. He was, amen, you get it. I think you get it. I hope you get it. Praise God. So... Um, first thing you, you're going you're gonna to deal with is you're going to find people that say, well, you know, I don't think tongues is for us, or I don't believe that tongues is important, or, uh, you know, tongues have passed away. So in the church world today, I'm going to just tell you what Hagen says here. Church world today, many people say tongues have been done away with. Um, church Christ people believe tongues have been done away with. Baptists believe tongues have been done away with, or um, a lot of Baptists do. Um, lots of denominations believe that tongues is no longer something that is for uh, the New Testament believer. But the Bible, uh, uh, they say tongues have been done away with because the Bible says that tongues will cease. Uh, the Bible does say that uh, one day tongues will cease, uh, but that's not referring to this present church age. However, to try to prove that tongues have already ceased, these folks usually refer to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verse 8. So 1 Corinthians 13, starting with verse 8. It says this, a charity or love never faileth, but whether there'll be prophecies, they shall fail, and whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there'll be, there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, 
then that which is in part shall be done away. Uh, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. Amen. Great verse of scripture. These folks use verse 10 to try to prove that tongues have ceased because they say the, uh, the Bible is that which is perfect. And uh, that, that, is, that is what they will try to use. They'll say, well, you know, uh, the Bible says when that which is perfect is come, that tongues will cease. But, you know, it doesn't just say tongues will cease, but it says that knowledge will vanish away. Uh, and says, you know, so it says some other things as well. But uh, anyway, let me, let me continue reading. He says, uh, so folks, they say that, that because the Bible has come, it's, that is that which is perfect. Um, it's already come. So since the Bible is perfect and it's already come, they say that since we have the Bible uh, in its complete form now, we no longer need that which is in part, which includes supernatural gifts. Of course, the Bible is perfect, but our understanding of the Bible certainly is, isn't perfect. Therefore, until that which is perfect has come, we still see through a glass darkly in this life, according to those same verses. Hence, that which is in part has not ceased. So even though uh, we have the word of God, you know, Paul, what, did, what did Paul say? He said, uh, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Is that right? Yes. Was he, when he said that, was he referring to just you or was he referring to all of us? That we all know in part and prophesy in part. So then knowing that, knowing that he said that, then, then can't, we, can't we come to the conclusion then that Paul only knew in part and he only prophesied in part? So then what he wrote, he wrote, and, and the word of God is as perfect as you're going to get here on planet earth, but it was still written by man, men, men that knew in part and prophesied in part and only saw through a glass darkly. So our understanding of the word has to come through revelation of the Holy Spirit. So the word of God isn't that, that, that was being referred to in this scripture of that which is perfect. You know what it was referring to about when that which is perfect has come is referring to Jesus and his return. Amen. When Jesus returns for the church, that which is perfect will have come, and we will not know in part anymore, and we will not uh, prophesy in part or talk in part anymore. But the Bible says, then shall we know, even as we are known. Amen. Amen. Uh, so tongues is still for today. Amen. Say this with me. Say tongues is still for today. Turn to, turn to someone and tell them tongues is for you. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 13 eight says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, uh, they shall cease. Amen. And uh, knowledge shall vanish away. These folks say tongues have ceased, but they don't say anything about knowledge vanishing away. In fact, they're still trying to obtain knowledge. But we know just the fact that we're still trying to obtain knowledge. Then those scriptures couldn't, couldn't be saying that the fact that the Bible, we had now have the Bible completely before us that that was what was perfect um it's silly amen so tongues are available for every believer anyone who will believe can receive a tongues amen uh i'm not gonna read any more on this book so i, 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 I the reason why i wanted to bring that up about tongues is because i don't think probably most of us pray in tongues enough uh, we need to be praying in the spirit more regular uh, than what we do if, if the gifts of the Spirit and the ministries of the Holy Spirit are going to be evidenced in your life, you're going to do a whole heck of a lot of praying in tongues. 
And so, uh, you know what? Don't matter whether you're awake when you're praying in tongues or whether you're asleep. Just pray in the Spirit. Amen. Just pray in the Spirit. You don't have to be engaged in your mind to pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that uh, when we pray in an unknown tongue, our spirit's praying. Amen. So your mind don't have to be engaged when you pray in tongues. Michael. For instance, like uh, I'm making up some, you know, um, I am believing in healing in my knee, and I'm, I'm in pain, and I don't feel like praying for myself. So right. I start praying in the spirit and in tongues, and when I'm praying in the spirit and tongues, I'm praying for a purpose, right, of a manifestation of healing, and I'm believing in the spirit as I'm praying in tongues for that. I mean, what, am I am I right? Yes, I, I'm, I think I think there are times. Um, when you're, when you're praying, and the Bible says when you don't know what you should pray for as you ought, the Spirit of God makes intercession through us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It's Romans chapter 8. And so uh, we know that, this, that out of our spirit when we're praying, uh, the Bible says when we speak in an unknown tongue, we speak not unto men, but unto God. That our spirit is praying. And then Romans says that the Spirit helps our infirmities when we don't know how to pray. Or when we don't know what to pray. So sometimes when we're praying, especially when we don't know the direction. You know, if you've prayed for your knee, declared healing, claimed healing, believed God for healing. A lot of people don't really do this. But if you've been, uh, if you've been, who was it, who was it that, uh, during revival, hold on, I'll, I'll pull it out here in a second. I know you're not here. I'm, I'm going through people. I'm, I'm going through the people in my mind here. <laughs> Hard drivers. Um, someone came forward with back trouble. Lupe. No, no, no. It wasn't Lupe. It was somebody from our church. One brother Ted. Huh? It was Andrea. Thank you. Man, I knew somebody's hard drive would click in. So anyway, Andrea came forward for prayer. Um, I noticed that when uh, Pastor Ben ministered to Andrea, he ministered to her in a way that I've commonly seen people minister to people with back trouble. There's some things, and as I say, as I say this to you, Understand that I'm, I'm this is, what I'm going to tell you right now is not, um, it's just I'm telling you an experience. I'm going to tell you what I have learned based on my experience. You, you, can, you, can, you can kind of just take it for what it's worth. It's not Bible. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to tell you something that happened out of my experience. From experience as ministering healing to sick people, sometimes when you're ministering healing to sick people, You'll come across people that they don't receive their healing. They don't receive a manifestation of their healing. And so that no matter how many times hands are laid on them, no matter how many scriptures you give them, no matter how much you build their faith, you, you can go through the whole process and then some people still have uh, some sort of sickness. Some of you can relate to that because some of you have been through that where you, you've gone through the process 
This is, this is why what I'm telling you tonight is extremely important about tongues. And I, I, I know that we, we as, as Pentecostal people, as, as spirit-filled believers, we believe that we know everything that we can know about tongues. You, you think you know enough to be able to navigate the waters out of any situation. But the fact that probably most of you that are in here will come up against a struggle or come up against a stronghold or come up, up against a battle, say with sickness, say with a knee, a foot, a back, an arm, or some, some, something, uh, some sort of blood condition. The fact that we can come up against it and then fight it for years and not obtain the victory means that we still haven't tapped into what I'm, what we're trying to get across in this, in these messages here on the Holy Spirit and his gifts. So Andrea, uh, Pastor Ben was ministering to her, and when he started ministering to her, he said this. He said, say this with me. Say, Lord, I forgive. And she said, Lord, I forgive. And he, and he went through this whole process of her releasing anyone that she may have unforgiveness toward, anyone that she may have ought against, anyone that she may have. And, and here's why he did that. Because over the years, when you minister healing to people, you realize that um, one of the sim one of the one of the, the the things that people that that harbor unforgiveness will carry around is they'll carry around a back trouble. Unforgiveness will manifest in back trouble. And so you so what anyone who's done a lot of ministry and healing will a lot of times if someone has back trouble trace it back to unforgiveness. And so I think of what Ben, I don't know if Ben had heard from the Spirit. I don't know. I, he's not here for us to ask him, so we can't ask him. Um, my assumption is, is that he was, either, he was either going to try this because it's a method that worked for him in the past because of, unfor, you know, he's prayed for people that had unforgiveness and it manifested itself in back pain. And so he was, he was attempting to help her maybe get a breakthrough and or maybe the Spirit of God spoke to him. But either way, um, uh, what'll happen? And the reason why the reason why I said that is because what happens when you're in a battle, like what Michael's saying? Sometimes you, sometimes we pray. We always, when we pray in tongues, we always pray with purpose behind it. What I'm encouraging you to pray in tongues about is praying about the Holy Spirit's gifts and ministries to be manifested in your life. So when I say pray in the Holy Ghost regular you need to be praying about these gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit to work in your life. But say you got knee problems and we've you still your your head your forehead's still greasy with oil and and you still feel the heat from the hands of the elders laid on you and you've you've got your refrigerator scriptures that you're confessing for healing and all, you've done all these things. You know you know what probably you haven't done prayed in the Holy Ghost. And said, Lord, I don't know how to pray for this. I'm not having any effect on this. I don't know what to do about this. Holy Ghost, you know how to pray. And many times, let me tell you, many times what will happen. So, so when we talk about, when I talk about praying with a purpose, my whole point of telling you to pray with a purpose is for you to expect there to come uh, uh, results from that prayer. So 
uh, results of healing. So what might happen is, say Michael's praying for his knee or whatever. Maybe he prays in tongues over his knee for an hour and he don't hear a thing. But maybe in that hour, I mean, how long did we pray in tongues here when we, when we did tonight? Before that word came. I mean, what, five minutes in tongues, three minutes in tongues, four minutes in tongues, maybe five minutes in tongues, and boom, there, there came a revelation. There came a word from the Lord. And see, you, you all have got to get to the point where when you pray in tongues, when you pray in the Spirit, glory to God, glory to God, hallelujah, hallelujah, that when you pray in tongues, that, uh, that something happens in the Spirit, that it's not just an exercise of your mouth. That you're not just going through something uh, that you learned about in your head. But there, there's an expectation in you that the Spirit of God is going to show up and do what He does. Turn with me to a scripture. I'm going to keep along these lines. So, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Hallelujah. 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 Oh. So he says, chapter 14, verse 13, he says, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. How many of you speak in an unknown tongue? You know what the Bible says you ought to do next? Pray for the interpretation of your tongue. Now I know some of you are like, Well, you know, I never, I prayed one time in tongues and I... I tried to get the interpretation. It didn't work. You know what? Here's what the Bible says. If you pray in an unknown tongue, pray that you may interpret. Do you know the Bible's not telling you to pray that you can interpret uh, just for you to waste your breath? If it's praying for you to be able to interpret your tongue, guess what? That means you can interpret your tongue. In fact, it goes on to say this. It says, pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? In other words, what will I do then? What does it say in another version? Let me go to another version here. I'm going to read it in, uh, in the, uh, oh, in some, it's Czechoslovakian Bible. No, that's not it. Um, <laughs> he says, there, uh, this is English Standard Version. Therefore, one who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a, in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. In other words, pray in the spirit, pray with the understanding. Uh, pray to interpret so that you can pray in the spirit. And then as you pray in the spirit, you can interpret and then go ahead and pray the same thing that you prayed uh, in the spirit with your understanding. Amen. You know, when I was praying in a tongue in the beginning of this service, and then I gave that word, that, that word that I gave was what I prayed in tongues. Do you know how long I've been doing that, church? I've been doing that since the day I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. From the day I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I started praying in tongues, and because they, they told me straight away, you can interpret your tongue. You should pray in the Spirit and expect that uh, the Spirit of God will reveal to you what you prayed in the Spirit. Now imagine, you go to praying over that knee, you go to praying over that back, you go to praying over that shoulder, you go to praying over that sickness, over that ailment, and you're praying in tongues, and all of a sudden, out of your spirit, out of your spirit, by the Holy Spirit comes, uh, forgive your mother. 
Go, go repent and apologize to your husband. See, the Spirit, of God will, the Spirit of God will tell you what is what is blocking you and what's keeping you from inheriting the promise, what's keeping you from the things of the kingdom. Church, we don't, we don't, a praying in tongues isn't just a battering ram to get you broke through. Praying in tongues will, will reveal and open up the realm of the Spirit to you so that you can see what is, what is keeping you from inheriting the kingdom. And so you might be praying in tongues, and this, this is why I talk about praying in tongues the way that I do. You might be praying in tongues, and he might be like, you know, jump up, up, up and down on that, on that knee. Jump up and down right now. I, I remember Norval Hayes giving a testimony. He said this woman, she was a godly woman, an older lady, and uh, he used to go and visit her regular because she would pray for him. She was an intercessor, and she prayed a lot in tongues. He said this woman prayed, when she wasn't talking in English, she was talking in tongues. If, if you were talking to her, he said you would talk to her, and while you're talking to her, she's like, she's talking in tongues, and then she'd respond to you in English and talk to you in English. Well, one day, he came over uh, to her house, and a, a giant goiter had developed, a cancer on her neck, a giant goiter had developed on her neck, and he was like, sister, so-and-so, what what's going on? She says, oh, she says, you know, this thing's trying to come on me. She says, but I've been praying, I've been praying. I'm, I've been trusting the Lord. Uh, Lord's, Lord's, uh, Lord's told me my grace is sufficient for you. Listen, you'll be surprised what God will tell you when you pray in tongues. Amen. When, when you pray in tongues and it comes out of your, something comes out of your spirit that you prayed in tongues, it's more encouraging than your mind just trying to encourage you. Because it's not your mind that's encouraging you. It's the Spirit of God that's encouraging you. It, it's the Word of the Lord that's coming. It's not the Word of your mind that's coming to you. It's the word of the Lord. And there's something about, we say it all the time here at Winner's Church. It's one of the things that we live by. One word from God can change everything. And not just one word from God, uh, a, a prophecy out of pastor's mouth, but one word from one word from God Almighty out of your spirit, out of the Bible, uh, something that comes alive because of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. One of those words can change everything about your life. Amen. It's what keeps, you know, uh, amen. Anyway, so this woman, she had this goiter, and uh, uh, this goiter was, uh, he, he told her, well, uh, uh, she said, Lord told me my grace is sufficient for thee. And so he's like, well, do, do you want me to pray for you? She's like, no, the Lord's, the Lord's assured me that he's going to take care of it. And so he, uh, he goes away, and the very next time he comes over, uh, he says, uh, he sees her, and the goiter is gone. And he says, Mother, the goiter's gone. And, and she, she says, Yes, sir, uh, the, Lord, the Lord took care of me. And he said, Well, what, what happened? He said, Well, one, she said, One day I woke up and I was in prayer. And as I prayed in tongues, the Lord told me to go boil a, a, a pan of water on the stove. So I put a pan of water to boil on the stove. Uh, then the Lord told me, instructed me to get a towel. And take, that, take that, that water that was boiling, set it on the table, put the towel over my head, and put my head uh, over, that, over that water with the towel over my head. She said, I did as the Lord instructed me to do. She said, I heard a splash in the water. When I looked down, she said, the goiter was laying there in the water. The Lord had caused the goiter to fall off into the water, and she was completely healed. She had the goiter in a jar, showed it to him. She had the cancer in a jar. 
Now you say, that's, that's unusual. Well, you know what? See, that's what God's looking for people that will follow the leading of the Spirit, that will obey Him and do what He tells them to do. Because if we'll do what God tells us to do, then the, the, uh, uh, the chances of God showing up become exponentially greater than when we're just doing what we're thinking in our minds. So you're right. We do pray in tongues with a purpose. Whenever you pray in tongues, no matter what it's for, expect that the Spirit of God is going to lead you and guide you in whatever direction you're praying in. It may not happen in five minutes. It may not happen in five hours. It may not happen in five days. But if, you'll, if you will devote yourself to believing what the Word of God says, if you will pray in the Spirit, if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost, if you'll believe God and you'll pray, pray in faith, believing what the Word of God says, knowing that the realms of the Spirit become, uh, become more open to you uh, when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Do y'all know, uh, praying in the Spirit is what's got me through life. Right now, I'm praying in tongues about the airplane. Boy, I'm t- I need direction from the Holy Ghost. I- I'm telling you right now, and, and my, mind can't, my mind can't wrap around with God, but I know the Spirit of God has a way. The Spirit of God has a way. And so your, your connection to that is it's in your mouth. Allowing the Spirit of God to get control of the rudder of your life. Amen. Amen. I was praying over a girl at Queen City. And uh, uh, Mandy, she's still there. She's grown up now. She was a kid then. She was a youth, a youth group and it was a youth camp. And she had back trouble. I prayed for her and prayed for her and prayed for her. And... Uh, She'd receive a healing, but then she'd lose her healing. She'd receive a manifestation of healing, and then she'd lose the manifestation. So she'd get, she'd get a manifestation of healing, and then a few hours later, she'd be like, oh, she said, Brother Ziggy, it's, it's, it's back again. And so I'd pray for her, and she'd get a manifestation. Leg would grow out, arm would grow out, all the pain would go away, and then it would come back. So I told her, I said, go pray about it. Go pray about this. She said, I don't know what to pray. I said, the Bible says when you don't know what to pray for. Are y'all listening to me? Some of you are going through bad stuff. Some of y'all, your answer isn't that a counselor taking you through your life. I'm going to tell you right. I'm about to say something. It might get me in trouble. Do you know it's you know it's not really God's will for y'all to go and seek out counselors to help you figure out your problems. We have a we have a counselor. We have a counselor. I just need someone to talk to. You have someone to talk to. Now, you say, Pastor, are you against Christian counseling? No, I. In fact, I've recommended that some of you go, and and talk with somebody or come to me and talk with me i think there there are times that it comes to that but i'm going to tell you something you can get answers from the spirit of god by the holy ghost if you will if you will if you'll just open up your mouth and pray in the spirit and pray in the holy ghost and shut down your mind and let the spirit of god lead you and guide you in the way that you need to go the thing the thing for most of us is we don't really like what he's going to tell us some of us, we already know what he's going to tell us. Amen. There are times the Lord told me I was a jerk and I needed to change. 
You know, one time I went to the Lord in prayer about Annie. God, you need to help this woman. Lord, she's against you. She's against you. You know what the Lord finally spoke? The Spirit, I started praying in tongues. The Spirit of God said, you're a jerk. You need to quit being a jerk. If you'll quit being a jerk, she won't oppose you. She said, he said, she's not opposing me. She's opposing you. I tried, you know. I tried. I, I tried the Adam thing. It's this woman you gave me. <laughs> but you know, most of us don't want to hear God tell us, you know, things like that. Most of us don't want to hear, you have unforgiveness. But you should, church, you should want to hear those things. If, if, that's where if that's where your problem is, you know what? Throw away your pride. Throw away the, your haughtiness. Throw away your high-mindedness. Come down. Amen. Come down. There are, there, there's a reason why some of us are struggling, why some of us are struggling in our, uh, in our family. Some of us are struggling on our jobs. Some of us are struggling with church. Some of us are struggling in our relationship with the Lord, in our relationships with one another. Uh, some of us are struggling with sickness, with disease. Some of us are struggling financially. And the answers can all be found in the Holy Ghost. My God, if you, if you spent as much time praying in the Spirit as you did talking down your husband or your wife or your, you know, my God, some of you would really be spiritual. Amen. That help anyone? Pray, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit, that's how he does ministry to us, is when we get in the Spirit. And we can get in the Spirit by praying in tongues. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So did that answer your question? Yes, with a purpose. With a purpose. Any other questions? Any other questions? Got a comment? <laughs> All right, First Corinthians chapter twelve. <clears throat> Glory. Let's let's uh, let's read this. We I think this is where we uh, quit reading last week, but and, or the week before, whenever it was. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, the English Standard Version. I do not want you to be uninformed. Uh, you know that you were pagan. Uh, when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, uh, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except uh, in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of services, uh, or varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Amen. So the Bible says uh, to each one of us is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Uh, so you need to expect that um, these manifestations or gifts of the Spirit have been given to each one of us. They're not just given to the most high potentates of the church or those that are the most... Um, uh, the one, uh, the the who's who in the charismatic zoo, but to every one of us, Amen. Amen. Let me go back to the King James with this one. It says, uh, "But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom; 
to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, uh, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, uh, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work at that one and self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Amen. So not only uh, are these manifestations of the spirit given to every man, but the Bible says he'll give to every man severally. Say severally. So uh, he wants you to have more than one of these gifts manifested through your in, in your life. I, I'm going to say this to you again, church, because I know you've heard it. And I, I, I think that most of you believe probably that uh, I'm not talking to you. I, I, I'm, I'm only assuming that when I say this. But if you don't have the manifestations of the spirit working in your life, something wrong. Especially if you're in a church where there's an openness and a willingness and a freedom to allow the Holy Ghost to manifest. Do you know, do you know why, why most of, of the time the Spirit of God isn't manifested uh, among uh, the people of God? Why most people don't allow the Spirit of God to manifest? Because they're afraid. Because they're afraid to step out and allow the Spirit to work through them. Because they're afraid to make a mistake. Because they think when they step out and obey the Lord that they're going to do something wrong. And if they do something wrong, they're going to look foolish. Well, you know what? Here, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. You might as well get it over with and look foolish right away and get it out of the way. Because you're, you are. You're going to have to go through it. It's just like anything. Um, I remember uh, when I was a kid and my brother, he played baseball and he was really good at it. And he was so good at it that I thought, I want to play baseball because everyone admired him and they thought he was so awesome. And I'm like, I want to play baseball. And so they put me in a baseball and they put me on a little, a little league or whatever it was. And um, I couldn't play baseball to save my life. Man, I'm telling you, I would, I would pray to get hit with the ball just so I could get on base. You understand? Because I, I couldn't even get on base with a hit. I'm only kind of hit I would get on base was if they hit me when they pitched at me, they hit me with the ball. But, um, and I would, man, if I, if I got hit with the ball, I'd take out running like I'd, you know, like I'd, like I'd hit a home run, you know, because that's, I knew that's the only chance I was going to get to run. And I slid into every base because I knew I wasn't going to get a chance to slide because I never got on base. I sucked big time. Uh, I was, uh, I played right field. That was my position the entire, my entire baseball career. Um, it didn't take long uh, for me to find out that I wasn't good at it. Now, you know what? I could have de developed that. I could have probably gotten better than what I was in the beginning. But uh, it was, it was, uh, was kind of shameful, you know, uh, to get out there and to, you know, here you are, your brother is this uh, all-star <laughs> pitcher, <laughs> all-star baseball player, you know, play went to these big games for the, uh, you know, for the uh, community, and here I am, his brother, and my God, they look at me like, boy, he, he sure didn't get any of that. <laughs> but the only way you're going to find out is to try. Amen. The only way to find out is to try. Amen. Amen. So that means you come in here and when you're praying in the Holy Ghost and you, you feel like maybe the Lord gave you a, an interpretation of your tongue, guess what? That means you, you might need to step out. 
What if I'm wrong? Well, then you'll find out. Amen. It don't take long to figure out whether you're wrong. But you know what? I never, I never expected to be wrong. I expected that every time I did what the Spirit, what I felt like the Spirit of God told me to do, that I would be right. Do you know, I think there were times that I was wrong, but he anointed me anyhow because of my obedience and willingness to do what he wanted me to do. He came and he rescued me and did something through me anyhow, even though I was missing it. Amen. Praise God. But you, you who are here, I don't, know, I don't know about the other ones that aren't here, because, you know, they're not really hearing this. But you that are here and that are listening to this, uh, there's going to be an expectation in my heart that, that, that you that are here are going to begin to allow the Spirit of God to manifest himself through you in a way like you've never seen before. Not just one gift, but several gifts. Amen. Amen. So let's categorize these gifts. These gifts have categories. There are nine gifts of the Spirit here. <clears throat> and... Uh, I got another book here I'm going to read out of. Uh, Lester Summerall wrote a book. I didn't realize he wrote a book called The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit until we started this series. And when I saw it, I thought, hey. And I, and I saw it online first, and then I, uh, then I started reading some, a little bit of this book, um, which gets a little, a little lengthy. But anyway, so he says this. He says, the gifts of the Spirit cannot be earned. They are called gifts to reveal that there's only one way to obtain them. They are given to the church by God. However, this by no means minimizes their importance. These gifts are not optional. The people of the, people of the church have missed God in the past by deciding uh, for themselves whether or not they would accept them. The gifts of the Spirit are not placed uh, at the disposal of the church on a take-it-or-leave-it proposition. Uh, we either take them or lose what we have. So here are the categories of the gifts. The gifts of the Spirit are divine, uh, are divine communications transmitted from the Holy Trinity through the channel of the, of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, into the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the earth. Uh, the number of divine perfection is three. Everything in the universe that is stamped with perfection is stamped with that three. Uh, there is a, there's a threefold nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, 1 John 5, 7. Uh, there is, uh, there's the threefold nature of man, spirit, soul, and body. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, body, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. You will notice as well the mark of divine perfection in the gifts of the Spirit. They divide themselves naturally and spiritually into three primary categories. Revelation gifts, power gifts, and inspiration gifts. Some people call them vocal gifts. So there are uh, revelation gifts, there are power gifts, and there are inspiration gifts. Within each of the three categories, there are three subgroups. So you have three plus three plus three. Perfection times perfection. <laughs> 
or perfect plus perfect plus perfect. <laughs> no matter how you choose to look at it, that's absolute perfection. Each category is distinguished from the others by the work God is doing through it. Uh, in each category, he is doing something separate and distinct from the others. It is through these three vast areas, revelation, power or energy, and inspiration that uh, the church of uh, Jesus Christ becomes an invincible force stronger than any power known on the face of the earth. So, revelation gifts. Uh, through this uh, uh, prime category, the revelation gifts, the infinite God, creator of the universe, is revealing his truth to man. There is a revelation from heaven of certain facts uh, which man could not know by way of his physical senses. It would have to be a, a miracle. Man would have no way of knowing except by divine revelation. We see an example of this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 and 17. Uh, can you go there? Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Yeah, verse, chapter 16, verse 16 and 17. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Within this category, uh, there, is, uh, are, there are these three gifts. So we're talking about revelation gifts. Amen. What, what is Lester Summerall saying here? You understand what he's saying, right? These, 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 uh, these revelation gifts... don't come by way of the physical senses. They come through revelation of the Spirit. They're God-inspired. They're divine. They're supernatural. Amen. When you, when you get preachers and prophets and people talking about supernatural being natural, the supernatural can't be natural, church. The supernatural can be become more common, but it's never natural. The supernatural is always super. The minute you think the supernatural is ever, in fact, I was having a discussion back in the back with um, Cherie and Annie, Pastor Annie, and uh, Tyler and Ayla, and we were we were talking about the difference between, and we're we're going to talk about the ministries of the Spirit too. There are different gifts that will function in different ministries. You you'll find that there are different gifts of the Spirit that will be associated with different ministry gifts. For example, an evangelist, many times they'll have the gifts of healing working in their ministry. Uh, uh, the uh, working of miracles, something along that line will work in the, in the uh, uh, ministry of the evangelist. Um, uh, prophecy. Uh, but anyhow, we, we were talking in the back and I was talking about how that um, pastors and uh, pastors, evangelists, those ministry gifts, they only, have, they only have access to what the Spirit of God gives them access to by the Holy Ghost when it comes to uh, wisdom or when it comes to, uh, are, you, are, are, we, are you recording these to put them up at some point in time? Or, all right, but we're not live streaming. So you can go through, no, no, you can go through them, cut some stuff out. Anyway. You may never get to put this one up anyhow. We're so far behind. Um, when, like, uh, we had a uh, uh, revival here uh, last, the last, uh, not last week, but the week, week before last. And the people we had come in this, in the revival, 
Um, how many of you could tell that they function in a different gift than I function in? <laughs> they, they function in a different capacity. Most of the fellows that I brought in here are ministry gift pastors. Now, and, and I'm, I only say this for I say this for your benefit and for the benefit of what we're doing here in these meetings. I function in a prophetic office most of the time. Not, I'm not exclusively a prophet, though. Uh, but when most of the time, now, right now, in this season of my life, I function in a prophetic office. The prophetic office and the pastoral office come uh, work with two different kinds of... Uh, they work two different ways. As a, because I function in the prophetic office, and this is what I was trying to create. Maybe I shouldn't even brought this up. Because, because I function in a prophetic office, over the years, the Holy Spirit has trained me to work in that office. Some, some people, when, when, you, when you don't understand, when you've, when, you, when, you've, when you've never experienced being in a prophetic office, then you don't really understand uh, the process uh, that God works in you, in your spirit. Uh, being a prophet isn't something that you do in your mind. It's not something you do with feelings. It's something that you have to rely upon the Holy Spirit to work in you and through. I don't call people out because they look scared. I don't call people out because they look like they want to be called out. You know, there are people that will look away from me like, that's the reason why. They, they, uh, and there are some people be like, they, they, can, they can guess who I'm going to call out because they think there's some kind of pattern or something. I'm going to tell you, so you may have found a pattern. I've never found a pattern. I, 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 don't, I don't call people out on the basis of, of people that I feel like I can read better than somebody else. Well, they, they appear to be a little more distressed, so I'm going to call them out and say, I see that you're distressed. It has nothing to do with how people look. I mean, I've, I've looked at people that look like they, they uh, had money, like they were, like, like they had no lack, like they had no need, and have a word for them and say, God's about to bring you out financially. He's about to break you through. Uh, you're not going to struggle in your finances no more. And, I, and then have them after service say, my God, we're so broke, we can't, we can't even afford to pay attention. But to look at them, you'd have never known it. You understand? There have been people I called out and um, prophesied over them about ministry or whatever, and you would never peg them as being a people that were even called to ministry, and some of them be in ministry, but, it, but it's by the Spirit, you understand? So when, when, uh, when you, so, so me, I function in prophetic office, so those guys that came in here, most of them, when you heard them preach, you could tell there was a difference about how they preached. There was a difference in the way they delivered their message. Even, even though some of them gave words to people, it was different than how I give words to people. It was different how they, uh, the, uh, uh, the anointing and the atmosphere that came in here when they, when they were uh, doing ministry. Um, what, you, what you all don't know is that you act different than most people in other churches because of the influence of the prophetic office and anointing on your life. Our church is different because I'm not a pastor. <laughs> and people, 
People in our church, you know, Hilda, just think about Hilda. Have you ever met anyone like Hilda? Have you ever met anyone like, have you, honestly, have you ever met anyone like Hilda? There's a reason why Hilda is the way that she is. You know, Hilda's always been very driven. She's always been very committed and, and all of these things. But the reason why Hilda uh, uh, is the way that she is, you know, it's physically impossible to do what Hilda does. If, if you really knew Hilda and all that she does and how, how much she has herself out, it is physically impossible for someone to keep up the pace that Hilda keeps up. I was, Michael Salazar, when he was worship leader, it was, it's physically impossible for someone to do. It does us, but here's the thing, it does us no good to tell people that. Why would you go around telling Hilda, Hilda, you can't keep that up. You can't keep doing that. I'm telling you right now, you can't keep doing it. Why would, why would you tell her that if she's doing it? The reason why you see it that way is because you see it from a carnal perspective. You don't see it from the perspective of the prophetic. You know, when I, when I told people, I'm going to pastor church, and I'm going to keep traveling, and we're going to keep having revival, and we're going to pastor church, uh, do, you, do you know how many people, uh, you know how many pastors told me, you can't do that? Every one of them! Do you know why they told me that? Because they couldn't do it. But just because you can't do it, doesn't mean I can't do it. Because maybe... Because of how God's spirit works in you, maybe your office, your capacity doesn't allow you to be able to do what I'm doing. But that don't mean you can tell that to your... Some, some of us don't realize that we're hindering the people sitting next to us. By telling them, you know, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. I can do it just fine. I've had people travel with me. They said, you're going to burn out. I said, it's been 37 years. I ain't burned out yet. And I burned the candle at both ends and in the middle. Amen. There's no... Amen. You can't, you can't keep that up forever. I aim to. Amen. Because you know what? I'm not doing it in the natural. I'm not doing it in the strength of my mind. I'm not doing it by willpower. I'm not, are y'all hearing me today? I'm doing it by the Holy Ghost. I'm not making decisions based on what I, what I want, what I desire, going where I want to go, doing what I want to do, being what I want to be. I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing the will of the Father. I put, my, I put myself on hold. Now, I, I, I'm not always successful at that, but I'm telling you, church, it's a part of the, some people said, your marriage is, you're going to wreck your marriage. We got, the, we got the strongest marriage in this, probably in the... <laughs> I mean, I go to some churches. <laughs> I mean, there's some people there, they're doing it the right way. I'm doing it the right way. I'm spending, you know, Sundays with my family. I'm doing, I'm doing things the right way. No, you're not doing it right if you're not doing it God's way. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, when you do it God's way, you can be away for three, four, ten months. You can, you can be home for ten months. You can, you can do whatever it is that he leads you to do. You can do it, and it'll work because you did it his way. Because these things are done by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. These things are done by the Spirit. Man, I'm only going to get through Revelation gifts, I'm thinking. And I'm, we're just going to talk about Revelation. We're not even going to get into the actual gifts. I'm going to tell you what they are. But we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of how they work and whatnot. But so we, we were talking back there, and I was telling them how that um, one time I had a pastor call me, and he's, he called me, and he says, man, I'm really concerned. I had this dream about you. I was like, okay, tell me about the dream. And he said, well, I had this dream that you were in this room and there were all these women around you and you were in your underwear and you were laying on this table. I thought, my God, what kind of dream are you having about me? <laughs> but, but, but as he gave the dream, I, I recognized it was a God dream. It was a God dream. Are y'all hearing me? It's extremely important that you pay attention during this stuff. I know it could... There's a lot that I'm saying, but I'm trying to say it in a way that will provoke something in your spirit. Okay. That it just doesn't, you know, that you're not relying just on your head. Some of you need this. Some of you need rescued. Okay. You need the Holy Ghost in your, in your house. Okay. Your family. Yes. Your finances. Amen. On your job. At your school. So this, he said, I saw this, uh, these women started pulling at you and grabbing at your body and pulling at you. And he said, he said, it was very, you know, he said, I, I would just say this to you, you know, be careful about, you know, uh, being around the women in your church, you know, by yourself and this and that. And the other. I'm like, I said, hey, listen, um, I said, I, I said, I appreciate, I appreciate you telling me the dream. And I said, I. I'm going to try to help. He, he, he wasn't listening to me because, you know, what do I know? Um, sometimes because we had a dream from the Lord or we heard something from God, we figured that we're the, you know, we already know everything there is to know about it. But when you're a pastor and you get a prophetic dream for someone, typically you're not getting the, if you're a pastor, you're not getting the interpretation. You're getting a dream and you'll tell it, but you may never know what it meant. Because you don't have the spiritual capacity. You don't have the gifting in you to know what it means. Because God doesn't use pastors to interpret dreams. God uses prophets to interpret dreams. God uses prophets to, you understand? And so I know, I know some of you are like, well, wait a minute. No, I'm telling you. The pastors function in a different capacity. And it's okay. Here's the thing. Pastors need to be okay with that. Pastors need to be okay with having dreams and not knowing what they mean. But most pastors will, or, or most people that are in that kind of a ministry, whether it, if they'll, they'll, God will show them something and they'll try to do something that a prophet does. They think just because God gave them a dream that they're supposed to have the interpretation of it. No, God sometimes gives, amen, look at Agabus. When Paul was going to go to Jerusalem and people were telling Paul not to go, and Agabus came and he was a prophet. And all he did was take his belt off. Uh, take Paul's belt off and say, he tied himself up and said, same dude who owns this belt 
is going, this is what's going to happen to him when he goes to Jerusalem. But he didn't give him no direction. He just told him, this is what's going to happen. If this, pa- this pastor, and he was, he was a really good friend of ours, um, if he had called me and told me the dream, I say that because we just haven't been in fellowship for a long time. But if he had told me the dream, that would have been good. You know why? Because I knew what the dream meant. So, as soon as he started into the dream, I knew exactly what he... Some of you will remember when we had a woman that came to our church when we were at the Salazar building, and that woman was filled with demons. And those demons were looking to uh, not just... Listen, here's the thing. Should I, should I tell this? Should I tell this? It's personal. Can I tell this? I don't want to embarrass you. I have... I will, I'm going to tell you this, and this from the bottom. I'm telling you, this is not... There's not any... I'm not hiding any... This is not... There's not one little... There's not one little tiny lie about this. I have never, ever, never the entire time I've been in ministry and been married to that woman that I've ever been tempted. I've never even been tempted. Understand, and I'm proud of it. I have never looked at another woman and thought, "Mm, mm, mm." listen to me. Never. I can stand before God and I can stand before all of heaven. And I'm telling you, that's the honest to God truth. Never. It's just not in me. God put loyalty in me. God put loyalty in me. When I committed to Annie, that was it. It was done. I didn't, I didn't have to look no more. She's fine. And she's fine. Yeah. She's fine. I mean, she's everything I need. She's everything I wanted and hoped for. All right? So, but this pastor, because, because of the, because of the, um, the we're not going to get any farther than this, but because of the manner of the gifting that's in his life. Do you all understand this? Because of the manner of the he, all he has to rely upon is he had a spiritual dream. It was a godly dream. But he couldn't rely upon the spirit to give him the interpretation because that was out of his wheelhouse. See, we have to be okay. Y'all have to be okay with not being able to do everything. Not being able to understand everything. Not being able to do everything. Just let God use you in the way that he can. Do your part. Because when he said the dream, I knew what it meant. That woman was in our church, and the demons on the inside of her were looking to take us down. Now listen, there was the devil, there was no way, and the devil knows it, there's no way he's going to get me to be unfaithful to my wife. No way. But... He was certainly going to try to insinuate that there was something going on and try to spread that lie. Of course, I'd already lived a life beyond reproach in that area, and there was no way. You know, that's why Ted, I think Ted traveled with me the way that he did for years. We stayed in the same room every night. He and I, we went everywhere together. He never left me alone. I never left him alone. There was never an opportunity for anyone to even be accusatory because we were never alone. 
We never even had no women knock on the door, except for the cleaning lady that was after Ted. She started calling him Cuddles. <laughs> we'll save that story for another day. So I told, I told this pastor, I said, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to finish up, then you can ask some questions here in a minute, but I said to him, I said, I said, I understand what you're, and I, I was trying to help him, I said, I understand the dream, I said, you have the wrong idea about this dream, because he was insinuating that, you know, what are you doing, man? And I was like, listen, dude, you don't understand the dream. I said, I understand it completely because of what I'm, what I'm, what I'm facing right now in my church, and, um, but I said, you think it's a sexual thing. You don't understand. It has nothing. The way you saw that, I said, that, that really speaks to what, how your mind works, but not how I work. Wow. So you're assuming a lot of things. And many, many times the pastoral ministry, they'll do that. You know? They'll look at something. They'll assess it. They'll make, a, you know, they'll make a decision about it, and then they'll stick with it. I mean, they might, their, people, their pastors look at Shri, and they're like, she'll never make it. You can't live like that. You can't do what she's doing. No, you can't do what she's doing. But you know what? They wish they had a hundred of them like her. But they, but they won't facilitate it. You know why? Because they keep telling all their people, you can't do that. They want people like Shri, but they'll never have them. Because they tell them, you can't do that. Because they, they can't see beyond what they're capable of seeing and doing. Are, are y'all hear what I'm saying? See, that, that's why we have people like Sheree, like Hilda, like Michael, like Twyla, like, like the different people we have in this church, like Don. Dude's climbing up in trees, 67 years, 67, Don? 68? Dude's climbing trees. Dude's climbing trees like a monkey. Cutting stuff. I mean, it's crazy. You know, there, we've, got, we've got people in our church that are getting out there beyond. Amen. I praise the Lord. He called me, the same pastor called me again about a month later. Man, you're, I'm really starting to get concerned about you, brother. I said, really, why? I had another dream. I said, oh, tell me about this dream. He said, in this dream, he said, you were sitting, he says, I, I, I can only imagine that it was your, your church, but you were sitting around your church, and you, you made a statement that was, you know, somewhat inappropriate. You used some language that was somewhat inappropriate. He said, then, he said, you started using language that was way off color, you know, especially in mixed company. And he says, but then you became very vulgar in what you were saying. And you just started saying these vulgar things and, and all, these, all these church people around you. He said, and I don't know what you're into right now, he said. And he said, and I know that you'll watch things on television that I don't normally watch, and you'll watch this and that, and you'll... You know, you open yourself to things, and I'm like, what in the heck are you talking about? He obviously did, doesn't know me that well. But anyway, I was like, dude, what are you talking about? But when he told me the dream, it was right. It's just he didn't understand the dream. I knew, what he, I, knew what he, I knew what the dream was about. I knew what the Lord was telling me in the dream because the Lord had spoken to me in the car the night before. You know what the Lord told me the night before? We were driving to Newcastle to revival, and the Lord told, the Lord had, uh, or no, we were, we were driving somewhere. It was, maybe it wasn't, it was somewhere. Anyway, we're driving somewhere, and the Lord spoke to me and said, he said, uh, um, and it wasn't, but it wasn't for revival, it was for something else. But the Lord spoke to me and said, you're under the greatest attack that you've ever been under in your whole life. 
And I was like, I was like, um, what? Because you know what? I didn't, I wasn't feeling like I was, you know, you, you would expect if you're under the greatest attack you've ever been under that you would like be fighting. But I wasn't fighting. That must mean, that must be what the Bible meant by hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. Because I had no idea the battle was going on. I was like, Lord, I didn't even know there'd be a battle. And the Lord said, yeah. He said, right now, the enemy is trying to, uh, to bring into question and to, uh, to, uh, um, and trying to um, how did he say, trying to bring into question everything that you've done in ministry and to uh, discredit everything that you've ever done in your whole life in ministry. All that I've done through you, the enemy is trying to discredit every bit of it right now. He said, they are talking about you right now, trying to discredit you. I said, so Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm ready to get a bat. I'm ready to get a knife. You know, I'm I'm ready to do something. You know what the Lord said to do? He said, you need to watch what you say. He said, none, no more of you. Don't say anything more of you. I just want you to speak what I say. Because, you know, when I get up here and when we preach, there's some of us and some of him. You know, there's a part of us that comes through. But he said, no part of you. Shut you down completely and just say what I say. He said, because they are listening and they are using your words against you. So the next day, the guy calls me and tells me this. That's what that dream was about. The Lord telling me, watch what you say. Watch what you say. Now he's got this idea, I'm cussing, I'm vulgar, I'm this, I'm that. You know what? He doesn't realize it, but our words, any, any, any idle word that we speak, God doesn't really care for it. It, it, it could be, hey, how about them stealers? <laughs> you know what's really vulgar in the ears of God? How about them cowboys? <laughs> Anyhow, so I, t- I told him, I told him again, I, and, and I, I know he just, he was fully persuaded that because he had seen this, he knew what was going on. But I told him, I said, dude, you don't have the ability to interpret what you're, the dream was for me. I understand what it means. And then I tried to explain it to him. But you know what? He already had his mind made up that I was into something crazy. I was doing something nuts. And that, that's why it's, you know, some people will come to me in this church and say, Pastor, I saw this. I saw, you know, I saw something. And, and, and they're like alarmed because to them it seems evil. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. You don't know what you're talking about. You might have seen something and it may set off an alert in you. But you don't have the ability maybe to interpret what it is that you're seeing. So you have to be careful. You have to be careful that what you're doing is you're responding by the Spirit, to the Spirit, that you don't add any of yourself to it, that you don't, that you don't try to put in, 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 inject yourself into what it is that God's trying to do. So I was telling them in the back, I said, as, when, as a, when I function in a prophetic office, when I say something to people, I disconnect my feelings from it. I can't talk to them about what I'm saying based on what I feel because it's not about feeling. It's about what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And if I put my feelings in it, I might jack it up. I might not really be seeing it the way that the Lord intends for it to be seen. But I'm telling them by the Spirit, 
And, but see, I know that as, as functioning in a prophetic office. But someone who maybe functions over in a pastoral gift, they may not see that. They may not understand that. They're trying to interpret things in the natural. So you have to be careful. You know what? If a, if, a, if a real true prophet comes through here and they go prophesying over you, then you can be like, hmm. Now, be careful if they start trying to interpret what it is that they told you. Because it may not be how they told you. How they tried to interpret it. You gotta, you've got to let it hit you in your spirit and you've got to see it the way that God interprets it in you. And if what they say jives with what you heard in your spirit, then yeah, amen. But if, but if they come and I had a woman who's a pastor, she's pastoring an inner city church, doing wonderful, touching people's lives. I mean, it was incredible. Some prophet came and said, God's sending you to Afghanistan or something. Pakistan, Pakistan. God's sending you to Pakistan. She shut that church down. She shut that church down, started selling everything to go to Pakistan. I got up and preached one day and talked about the prophetic and how that we're not to be led by prophets, we're to be led by the Spirit, and how that if something doesn't settle in our hearts, if we don't, well, this woman, she just took this word from this prophet. Didn't even get it, didn't even get a, an agreement in her own spirit, just went off that word. She broke down in that service, fell down on her face before God. She said, I think I've made the biggest mistake of my life. And I looked at her, I said, I think you have, but you know what? You need to follow the Holy Ghost. That's what the Spirit of God is telling you. Repent. And he'll, he'll, he'll show you a way. And the Lord gave me a word. I think, were you there Tyler, in that meeting or not? I think I gave her a word that said, uh, God will restore. It's not too late. Don't think that all is lost. But, but get, get with the Spirit and everything will be okay. And she didn't go to Pakistan and she got everything straight and things, and things came back. Not quite like they were, but things did come back for her. Amen. So what are the revelation gifts? Did we tell you? The gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, and the gift of the discerning of spirits. Those are revelation gifts. The gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, and the gift of the discerning of spirits. Revel those, those gifts require revelation from the Holy Ghost. Questions? Anyone question? Yes. So like there's, I see us here, like Lewis, Andrew, all of us here, about 50, 60 of us here. What are your, what, maybe I'm putting the question in front of our lessons for the future ones, but yeah. what, what is, it's two questions, and you've kind of mentioned on one of them. But what is the biggest thing holding us back from operating in the gifts of these of these of the spirit of, of these gifts? And what is one thing that all of us here in this room can do? Start doing tomorrow. To okay. Start all of us these these fifteen sixteen people that are in here. One of the, what is the one of the first things we can do tomorrow to begin the process of all of us operating in the fullness of these gifts? Number one, don't be afraid to step out. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. You're going to make them. It's going it's gonna, it's gonna to happen. Um, that's the first thing. That's the reason why we don't. It's for fear. That's the main reason why we don't. Second, second reason why we don't, some of us don't think we can. Uh, because we've never heard a 
feel like we've heard the voice of God or sensed the direction of God when it comes to gifts of the Spirit. But that's because we haven't really leaned into the Holy Ghost. So what can we do? We've got to lean into the Spirit. You've got to start leaning into the Spirit. You've got to really start relying upon and trusting in and leaning into the Holy Ghost. And what I, what I mean by that, and I, it's, the only, it's the best way I can describe it is leaning in, because what we do, what keeps us from flowing in the Spirit is we lean on ourselves. We lean on what we see with our eye, what we hear with our ear, what we think with our mind, what we feel with our body. When you lean into the Spirit, you suspend all of those things and you open yourself to the revelation of the Spirit. And so you know how the Spirit speaks? He speaks to your spirit in the Spirit. So when you hear the Spirit of God speaking, it's, going to not, it's not going to be something that you... It's something altogether different. So uh, I, and it's, I can't really explain that. It's something that you're going to have to encounter. You've probably encountered it on some level, but as we move into, you know, the Holy Spirit's gifts and ministries, you're going to experience His uh, influence um, on a level that is going to, uh, it's going to be, you're, he's, going to, he's going to talk as loud as He needs to talk to get your attention. He's going to push you as hard as he needs to push you to get you to move. But you still have to lean into him because if you're still leaning on self, you're not going to be quick to move. And you have to and you have to you have to be ready to follow the Holy Ghost when he wants you to move. You have to be willing to move. You got to be you can't drag. You can't be like, "Give me a confirmation, Lord." No. No confirmations. You're going to have to step out in faith, you know? Just step out in faith. Rely on the anointing. Rely on the anointing. When, usually when the Spirit of God go to talking to you and try to get you to move in a gift, the anointing will come. That warmth will come over you. You'll, the anointing, sometimes when the anointing comes on one, some people call it the ointment. It's like a mantle, that mantle that Elijah threw on Elijah with a heavy coat. And in the, in the Spirit, sometimes you, when you, you can feel it even physically. You feel it come over your head, over your shoulders. There's a warmth. Sometimes there's a numb numbness, a tingle like an electricity. There's an energy. It's the anointing. There's an energy that comes. It's the energy of God. It's the power of God. It's the, it's the supernatural power of God's spirit. When, when that anointing is present, you need to strike because the anointing is present. Now, that doesn't mean, uh, when I say that, to strike, that doesn't mean that if I'm in the middle of a message and I'm preaching and, and uh, I'm making a point and you, you have that anointing comes on you, that you interrupt the message and that's, no, you, you, but you're ready. You're ready. Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. And when there's a moment, when there's a moment for that, for that to happen, when there comes a pause, because you'll, you'll be surprised how the Spirit of God will choreograph what happens in a service to facilitate what He's trying to do and how everything will move and flow together. And there have been times when I knew God wanted to bring a tongue and an interpretation, but I don't like to stop a service and say, someone has a tongue. You know, Pastor Mikey was real good at doing that, but I never, I've, I've always wanted people to rely on what they were hearing in their own spirit and not relying on the preacher to say, someone here, you know, has to uh, uh, um, sing it in the spirit. You know, some of you feel it rolling out of your belly. I, I appreciated Pastor Mikey 
uh, sometimes saying, y'all say, say this with me. Oh, and everybody go, oh, and, and after we followed him doing all these things, we'd end up in the spirit. But you know what? God wants you to not have to have someone up here telling you what to do. He wants to choreograph it. He wants you to be obedient, and he wants those things to happen organically, uh, you know, out of the spirit uh, organically. He wants it to come out of that flow that's, that's working in you. Well, you got to have that flow. You know, you got to pray in the spirit. You got to lean into the Holy Ghost. You've got to really be purposeful when you're, when you're praying, when you're coming to church. Lord, I'm, I want to be used today, and I'm not going to tell you how to do that. I'm not going to instruct you how to do that, but Lord, I want to be used today. Um, I, I, I'm just seeing, you know, Ayla, uh, someone coming up and saying, oh, Pastor, can you pray for me, my shoulder? And Ayla being like, I got that word of knowledge. Pastor, I got, I'm, okay, come put your hand on him. Shh, and her releasing it, you know, uh, because that's, it'd be good if she came up and said, I have a word of knowledge right now. There's someone here with an achy shoulder or whatever. Um, but, uh, I hope that answered your question. We just got to lean in, uh, lean into the spirit, be ready and be willing. Have, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to be ready if you're perusing Facebook during church. You're not going to do it. It's not going to happen if you're, if, you're, if you're worried about texts. Some of you need to shut off your phone before you even come in the door. That way you're not distracted. You, you say, oh, what if there's an emergency? It'll wait till after. It, it really will. You know, God will honor God will honor your sacrifice. God will, make, God, will, God will see to it that everything's okay. If you'll rely on him, if you'll lean into the spirit, if you'll trust him, if you'll, if you'll be without distraction, but you'll really have to, you'll really have to lean in. And um, you may see a vision. You may have a dream. You may get a word of knowledge. Uh, some word of knowledge comes through, you know, you get something in, you feel in your physical body, something that's not you. Um, sometimes it's a word, you know. Uh, but... Uh, that's how those things work. Any other questions? All right. Praise the Lord. Well, here's, here's my expectation. Tomorrow, some of you are going to get out there and you're going to function in the spirit. Amen. I'm going to say this, and this may be for someone here, maybe for someone that's uh, hearing this on, the, on our uh, podcast or on our uh, on the stream of, uh, on the app, but there's, there's like a rash, I feel like a rash on uh, some kind of a, maybe a, what do they call that, hives, and something, somebody's breaking out, like around their chest, down in their neck, and, and the Spirit of God's uh, touching you, Ted, amen, and he's healing you, amen. It never fails, man. When we talk about these things, the Spirit of God, He'll work in those ways. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Well, Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you said to us today. We thank you, Lord, for the instruction. I pray, Father, that as we leave here today, we will leave here um, 
expecting that your manifestations, that the manifestations of your spirit will begin to manifest in us, Lord, every day, every day that we yield, every day, Lord, that we seek you, Lord, that we will find you, that we will, we will be found by you, Lord, uh, we will be found to be faithful and willing to do, Lord, uh, what you ask us to do. So, Lord, I pray that there'll be a sensitivity like never before to the Spirit and to His leading, and that your people will be bold and be strong in, uh, in uh, yielding to the manifestations of the Holy Ghost uh, that are coming upon them in this hour. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Lord. We praise you uh, for this today. Uh, go with us as we go tonight. Uh, continue, Lord, to work with us and to help us and to lead us and guide us in your word concerning these things. And God, anything that I've said that uh, was uh, that people didn't grasp, that people didn't capture, uh, for whatever reason, I pray, Lord, that it, that these words won't uh, they they won't just. I'm I'm not relying on my flesh. I'm not relying on my ability, Lord. I'm I'm relying on you, and I'm praying, God, that you will cause these things to be settled in the hearts of your people, that they'll hear it the way uh, you intended for them uh, to hear it, and that they'll receive it, Lord, with joy and gladness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, guys. Uh, thank, I'm glad you came today. Uh, reach out to some of those maybe that are not feeling too well, maybe some that are struggling with sickness in their body. Uh, speak healing over them in the name of Jesus. And let's, uh, let's just continue to trust the Lord. Um, Friday night, uh, outreach, still going uh, strong. So uh, make sure that you uh, get with Sheree and find out uh, where they'll be. I'm not sure if they'll be... Uh, They'll be in Bricktown this week, but, uh, and then Sunday, Sunday, yeah. we're at it again, praise God. Uh, so uh, I'm expecting the Lord to do great things here on Sunday as well. So I love you, uh, go in his presence, before you leave, love someone because you do, I'll see you uh, later this week, in Jesus' name.